This is the School Success Podcast, a podcast for school leaders to learn from other school leaders what's working and what's not, and to get inspiration and encouragement, as well as strategies to grow school enrollment, connect with families, retain teachers, recruit teachers, and everything in between. You guys are heroes, and I cannot thank you enough for pouring into this next generation that's coming behind us. My goal is you will take at least one thing away from every episode that you can take back to your school to make it better than it is right now. Please enjoy the School Success Podcast. Hey, school success makers. So you guys probably know this by now, but I love school leaders. You guys are amazing. You're pouring into this next generation that's coming behind us, giving of your love, your time, and your attention. And we have one of those on the podcast today. Her name is Kim, and she is the principal of Princeton House Charter School in Orlando, Florida. And they serve students with autism. So obviously, they are up against some different challenges every day, day in and day out, and we dive into those on the podcast today, as well as some other interesting things that I was able to learn from Kim. So I know you guys are going to love this one. She's amazing. Her staff is amazing. So enjoy this next episode of the School Success Podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the School Success Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Slater. I'm joined by a new friend out of beautiful Disney, Orlando, Florida. She's not in Disney for the recording, but she does live in Orlando. It is Kim Jalalia. I think I said it right, so I think I'm, I'm good. And she is the principal of Princeton House Charter School there in Orlando. So they're doing amazing things. They're serving a very, very specific clientele at her school, which she'll dive into here in just a little bit, and some of the challenges that they face, as well as some awesome things that are going on at their school. I won't take any more uh, away from her, though. I'll let her introduce herself and her school. But Kim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mitchell, and thanks for inviting me to be a part of this podcast, uh, this great goal of yours. I'm really excited that you reached out and that this is all happening. So, yes, I'm I'm Kim Jalalia, and I am the principal at Princeton House Charter School. We are located in Orlando, Florida, and we serve a very special population, and that is children with autism. We start at age three, and we serve children up through the fifth grade man and obviously that comes with its own obviously hurdle of challenges which we'll dive into in just a little bit uh but i love a little bit let's get a little bit of your your background like how how did you get to be a principal how long have you been there and um kind of like yeah, a little bit about Kim and what you like to do for fun and stuff sure. like that. Sure. So I, well, Princeton House started in 1996 as a private school, and I joined shortly after. It was December of 1996. I responded to an ad in a paper. Uh, that's how long ago that was. Uh, I had just graduated from Florida State University with a background in child development, early education. And I applied for this position as a teacher and, and got it. And I have been here ever since. I have gone back to school since then. I've received a master's degree in uh, special education. And then I also went back for an ed leadership um, program at University of Central Florida. And so I've been the principal at Princeton House 12 or so years. It was uh, 2012 when I started that position here. Wow. So I'm sure you've seen the school change in the last 12 years. I love to kind of hear just the quick evolution of Princeton House. Like what was it like when you came to be principal 12 years ago compared to what it is now? 
Sure, it has definitely changed. Way back then, we actually served students all the way up through 12th grade or age 22. And then we've scaled back. So we've been up through the fifth grade for quite some time. It was even before 2012 that we stopped the high school program and middle school program. But we've definitely seen our population change. It's definitely just more challenging. I, you know, and gosh, you throw in COVID the last couple of years and you know, I think we're finally getting to see the, the light there, but it's definitely changed. Education has changed as well. So there are so many more new guidelines and, you know, standards, things that we um, all adhere to. So that's different than it was back in late 90s, early 2000s. So when was the transition from private to school to charter school? 98. Yeah, we were private for two years. So the tuition was um, a lot of money for parents to, to send their, their student here. What's that transition like from a pri- for a private school to decide to go charter? How, how did that transition look and work? I wasn't a big part of that whole transition at that time. I was a teacher, but I do know that the whole charter movement was very new to Orlando and even probably the state um, as a whole. And I know Princeton House was maybe the second or third school to actually become a charter school in Orlando. Okay. And when you you guys used to serve all the way, you said, I know 22 year olds all the way through high school. What was the reasoning for shrinking down to the fifth grade and and how was that for you? I mean, I'm assuming there's kids that were in sixth, seventh, eighth grade and were like parents were depending on that pride to go through high school. So what was how did that transition work? And did they get just go to the high school they were districted for? Is there another school that is catering to them in the area for the older grades? So at that time, um, there was another person working alongside of me in admin, and his goal was to open a middle and high school program. So the transition was um, very smooth, I think, for everyone involved. Um, At the time, there was another director here, and she worked closely with that other um, admin, and he was able to open up his own charter. It is kind of an extension of Princeton House, but it is for middle and high school students. Actually, a lot of our students do transition to his program um, when they graduate here. Perfect. That was my next question was that obviously they get out of fifth grade. They're probably like, oh, where do we go? Do they just get funneled into that one kind of naturally, it sounds like. So that's that's sweet. Is it close by to like the kids don't have to drive, the parents don't have to drive too super far to get there? It's not too far. It's I would say 25 minutes um, from our current location. Man, okay, well, perfect. Well, I love you. Um, I know, obviously, being, would you say two year olds started at or three? Three. three. Okay, so three. Pre K. Fifth grade. And that is, that's a lot. That's a, obviously, I know you, when we talked briefly beforehand, I know you got, you got a big staff because you got to have a bigger ratio. So kind of tell me about, tell me about that because obviously this is a different dynamic than a traditional school and the number you know student to teacher ratio so what is that like for you guys and is that a state standard that you guys have to do or is that based on just what you guys have chosen to do as a school right now we have 115 students and we have 65 staff so it is a lot of staff per student uh, that we have here. But we have a charter agreement that has been approved by the state and also our sponsoring district, which is Orange County Public Schools. 
And in that charter agreement, we state that we will provide at least a four to one ratio in our classroom. So the majority of our classrooms, though, are three to one because of the needs of the students. They really need that small group instruction to be successful. Many of our students can display aggressions, behaviors um, that can impede learning. So without that small, you know, that small support from the staff, that's really what makes our program successful. Yeah, and I think it's a perfect segue into the the part I love to kind of dive in with people. Some challenges. Uh, I know again we talked briefly about them on the phone, but let's let's dive into some of those challenges that you guys are you know c- currently kind of facing, or maybe just came out of facing. I think for the past few years, our number one challenge has been hiring and then retaining qualified staff. Every year, it, it just seems like we get less and less people interested in applying for our program and and wanting to work in this type of environment. Probably the last time we talked, COVID was our our second challenge, but I think that's actually kind of moved back. And I would say our second challenge is our budget. You know, every year it it gets a little tighter. And of course, with 115 kids, our budget's a little bit smaller this year than it has been in the past. Typically, our, our our student enrollment is around 125, closer to 130. So the budget has been larger in past years, but this year it's a little a little tighter. Okay. And then for, I know you mentioned, I know not as much of a challenge now, but I know you mentioned it on the phone when we were talking about COVID. I know everybody's like, oh my goodness, COVID's all we've been talking about for the last two years. But you made a really interesting point on the phone that I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. And it was around the conversation of mask wearing. And obviously that's been, you know, everybody across the country and schools facing that. Tell me about, I'd love to hear just like that challenge. Cause that was kind of like where I was like, oh, like, wow. I didn't, I didn't think about that before for you guys. So if you want to dive into that. Yeah. So a couple of years ago when we all, you know, came back to school after being shut down for, for um, the last a couple months of that last school year, our district had a mandatory mask uh, mandate in place for students. And in order not to wear a mask, the parent had to have a medical diagnosis. And what we were running up against was a lot of our kids were not going to wear masks, especially because, you know, they have autism and the sensory issues, they just were not going to keep a mask on. But parents were um, having a very difficult time finding medical providers that would actually write that note. So that was a huge challenge for us. And I mean, we got through it, but it was definitely not easy. You know, we tried to make sure that everyone's feelings were heard and that was the staff and the parents. We wanted to make sure that we were keeping everyone safe. So it was definitely difficult at that time but and when that was going on then when these you know uh, students came in and you're like hey you you got to wear the mask and they like just couldn't I mean did that just go hey you have to go home until you're able to or till the mandate's gone is that kind of how it was handled early on yes unfortunately if a student came in and just was not willing to keep a mask on and you know we we saw behaviors from that unfortunately students might spit um and at the time you know we didn't know a lot about covid as much as at least we know now yeah i had to make those difficult phone calls to parents and they they did they had to stay home we did provide work but that was really hard for our kids to learn from home and virtual was um you know, 
not as successful for us as maybe a typical classroom. Well, thank you for sharing. I thought that was yeah. one of the most interesting things when you shared it that I hadn't thought of. So getting out of the the challenges and the, the the doom and gloom sometimes. Let's talk about what's going awesome. Like this is where you get to brag. You've been there a long time. I know you got some awesome stories to share, but what's, you know, brag about Princeton House. What's going really good there for you guys? The first thing that comes to mind for that is a, a positive school culture. I I am so proud to actually say it. this is the best year that I, I want to say that I have actually seen in quite some time. So And I think that has a lot to do with just learning from past mistakes and how to do things better and listening to your staff. And that kind of goes into getting feedback from the staff, but that was um, something I'll share for for later. But um, yeah, a positive school culture is one of the best things that's going on for, for us right now. I love it. And so where do you think that's stemming from the most? Is that something you've you know, something that's been put in place by you recently? It's something that just hiring the right people that kind of all mesh together as a family? Where do you think that's kind of coming from specifically? Yeah, I definitely think it's a little bit of both. Um, We seem to have uh, done really well with hiring some wonderful people this year. Um, We had quite a few brand new teachers to Princeton House this year, and that's always a challenge. But oh my gosh, they have gone in there day one and they've never given up and it has not been an easy um an easy thing to meet these um teachers are brand new to the whole teaching profession and then to walk in and um be faced with just so many challenges they've they've never given up so that's one of the things that builds that positive culture and then they've actually formed such a great unique a group um they rely on each other as brand new teachers and of course we have um, veteran teachers here that are so supportive to them as well mm, that's awesome and for for your school for obviously you know this culture is great you got a great great staff is it something where they have a lot of the teachers are trained to help with a specific clientele or are they at a school, another school and they just feel like instead of being maybe not, they're not trained working with um, kids with autism, but they just have a heart for them and go, you know what, I'm going to leave this regular school over here to come to, to Princeton house to join that culture. I mean, do you feel like it's also drawing people in? I know you mentioned it's hard to get teachers um, and, and retain them. Cause again, a different beast you guys have, of course, but like, is, I don't know, do you feel like the culture is also pulling people in specifically? I don't think so yet. Um, I mean, I've definitely had people that refer us people, I, but I, I can't say that happens often. You definitely have to have the heart and just desire, you know, to work with our, our population. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think another thing for positive school culture is our admin team is right there along in the classrooms, helping, you know, whether it's helping kids eat their lunch or, or anything, we want to make sure that, you know, staff see us doing the same things that, you know, they're also asked to do. And I think that's really important. We're all just the same team here and we all might have different job duties and titles, but, you know, we're just here to support one another. And I had a random question that popped up. So obviously you guys, serving specifically the kids with autism is there other schools in the area that have like programs that like if just a regular non-charter school just a regular public school or maybe there's other charter schools that have 
like, hey, we have this huge school, but we have one class that can that are for kids with autism, or is it really just just Princeton House is kind of serving the Orlando community for for that? No, our district, Orange County um, Public Schools, they have you know traditional schools where they do serve children with autism in in classrooms, uh, or programs at individual schools. So we're not necessarily unique in that. We have all of the kids with autism, but we're, we're definitely unique that our whole school has students with autism. So I do think we're more of a, a smaller family. You know, all of our teachers know, you know, that they're all kind of going through the same thing um, and they can support one another, which is really nice. And for a student to, to get into Princeton House, what, what does that kind of look like is obviously... I don't know if you guys just a regular enrollment process like another school has, or there's different things you have you need to see or want to see to, for them to be able to get into Princeton House. So parents have to complete an application, and it's a first come, first serve. So if we don't have an opening, we put them on a wait list, and we have to look at the current students' individual education plan. Um, so they might be in second grade, but they might have skills that they. Um, you know, mirror a kindergarten student, they might have some behavior. So we kind of look at the whole child and then determine placement to see if we have an opening. Well, obviously we've gone over challenges, things that are going awesome. And typically as we kind of finish out the podcast, I always want to put it back on to the guests to share any any final things, inspiration, encouragement, uh, things that you just randomly want to share with any other school leaders that are tuning in. So I briefly mentioned earlier about feedback from the staff, and um, it's always been something that is very difficult to do, but asking for feedback from staff and doing it in a way where they feel safe and comfortable. So whether that's anonymous or in another um, fashion, but it really allows them to be open and honest, And um, but you have to put yourself out there. So just be prepared and, um, you know, ask those questions, but also be prepared for those answers. But it really has helped me as a person and a professional grow. Um, listen to the feedback, um, take the the const- constructive criticism and, and move forward with it um, and make those changes. Because at the end of the day, like I mentioned earlier, we're just all trying to help these students be successful. So does that then fall under kind of an open door policy for you any any teacher can just walk in or do you say hey fill out this form online that's anonymous for a suggestion so we don't you know nobody has to worry about sharing something that might be a little too touchy I definitely have an open door policy you know if anyone wants to talk to me they can I had just sent out the the survey a few months ago so I do try to do that once a year but we do have a, a staff survey box that is anonymous, so anyone can drop in a note at any time. Yes. I love it. Cool. Any any final things before we, we sign off today? I don't think so. Okay. Well, yeah. you have been fantastic. And I just want to, again, say a thank you to you and your whole, your whole staff. You guys are an extra level, next level of heroes for who you're serving. And just, uh, I know you're obviously loving these kids. You're pouring into these kids so they have the best future possible. So obviously, thank you for that. Thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast, wishing you and Princeton House nothing, nothing but the best. And uh, hopefully maybe one day I'm up in Orlando at Disney or something, we can get together and have a coffee or something. All right, Kim? That's great. Thank you, Mitchell. 
Well, another huge shout out and a thank you to Kim and her whole team at Princeton House Charter School and what they're doing there in Orlando. Just want to encourage you guys, continue to love those kids and pour into those kids, which I know you will, so I don't even really have to even say that. And as always, you guys know I say this every week on the podcast, I hope you were able to learn at least one thing from today's episode that you can take back to your school to make it better than it is right now. And I hope you guys have that mindset to always be looking at different things, different ways that you can make your school better than it is right now. And if you're looking to have the best school year ever, I would love to hear from you. We work specifically with schools to help them grow enrollment, connect better with their families using technology, digital marketing, and we love working with schools. So I'd love to hear from you. You can find us online, schoolsuccessmakers.com. That's schoolsuccessmakers.com. Or join our private Facebook community for school leaders. It's called School Success Makers because that's what you guys are. You can find that on Facebook. It is completely free. So please join that private Facebook community, School Success Makers. We'll be here next week with another awesome guest on the School Success Podcast. We'll see you then.